3: just go to cars.com It's magical.
0: So uh, thanks for joining us. Um, I'm excited about this. I think this will be a great thing that we can start adding to our, uh, our ability here on the site. Um, working on uh, trying to get some people to uh, join in real quick. I think Samit is in here. I think Merrick Brave is in here. So I think we're starting to have a couple of our co-hosts and uh, uh, members of the team starting to join in. So, hey, uh, Merrick and Samit, I think I've brought you in as speakers and co-hosts. So please, if you are, go ahead and unmute yourselves and let me know if you're in here.
1: Yeah, uh, I'm in. Uh, I don't know if the sound is coming in clear or not. Um, yep. All good? Okay. Yeah.
0: And uh, Merrick, it's still saying you are in as a listener that you haven't accepted the invite yet. But the the, the fun of doing this for the first time. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, let's see, as we get more people starting to come in, man, yeah, we definitely have a uh, audience that wanted to hear from us, so already starting to fill in and starting to uh, see you guys pop in here, so thank you all for joining us. Um, this was really Merrick's idea, so he gets the, uh, the full uh, full credit for trying to come up with the idea of doing this.
4: I think I got my microphone working. This is the first time I've ever talked in one of these spaces, so I think I'm in.
0: Hey, you are there. We absolutely oh, man. love you.
4: I am very uh, unsavvy with the tech, so I was worried it was going to take me a little bit longer than that to get this mic working. But here <laughs> we are. Well, thank <laughs> you. I'm this excited looks- to do this. And in reality, I'm just trying to get
0: out on this thing, man. He's the superstar of this. So um, he has definitely said he will intend to stop by and check in and uh... – We'll see how this all goes, but I hope this is something that uh, we definitely can bring in more often throughout the year. If we can do it weekly, that would be amazing. But I know that we are all busy; we all have other things going on in our lives, so not committing to that. But we definitely have the ability to come in here, spend some time as a group, talking as the fans come in and ask questions and however they want to join in and take part. So I think this is absolutely a great idea. And I'm glad you, uh, you, you thought of doing this early enough today that we could announce it, publish, publish it a little bit and get it going.
4: Yeah. Like I said, I've never done a, a Twitter space. I've, I've been a listener on others, other people's spaces, and, uh, It always seems to be informative, but also a nice way to get the Dolphins community together. Uh, and I know we've invited some, some wrestling fans in here as well, uh, for the, the other part of my life, Uh, dolphins on this side, uh, (laughs) professional wrestling on the other side. So I'm a man who wears many hats. So we've got some, some wrestling fans in here and we'll definitely open the floor up for questions about dolphins and wrestling, uh, as we progress through this, so thank you
0: everybody for joining us. Oh, I just decided to minimize it as I was looking through the list of uh, people in here. I've seen some hearts already, so I guess uh, at least at least early on we have some likes happening for us.
4: Um, oh, you can part things, okay? Yeah, I just threw one up myself. Who and someone's requesting to talk here.
0: Here, I'll go ahead and uh, bring in Brian. So let's see how this works. Hey Brian, are you in with us now?
5: Hello. You're in, Brian. Welcome. Hey, how you guys doing? Fins up. Hey. Thanks
0: for Fins, coming. Up, Fins, Fins up, man.
5: Uh, so I had a What's a, on your mind? I had a two-part question about yeah. the captains that we chose for this year. So, normally we're one of those teams kind of aggravates me how we select our captains, but we never have the C pads on our uniforms. So, first question is, do we just choose not to have those patches? And the second part of that question is, um, how do we make those selections? When it comes to the players, do they do a toll, like a toll pick? Just, okay, we decided to go with Tua. Is it just a numbers, that, a numbers game that they got to get to, or how does that work?
0: No, so uh... – under obviously things change each time you have a quarter, uh, I'm sorry, a coach change and uh, how each coach wants to do it is a little bit different. So this year from, from what I can gather and what I understand is it was just a straight up poll of the team. Who did they want? And then it just racked and stacked who wanted it um, or who, who got elected. And that's what we saw Uh Tua apparently got the most votes out of everybody. And that's why he was the first one named, and then you saw the rest as it came out. Um, I think it was
4: so. To add until, to that, yeah. Kevin. To add to that, Kevin, uh, I did hear that uh, while 2-0 was number one, Xavier Howard was actually the number two vote header as far as captains go this year.
0: And then yeah, so they they, they picked seven, um, and I think that that's across, especially since they they picked a member of each position group on the defense. And then you had the three offensive guys, so I think that's where they were going and what they wanted to do. I think that the difference between what happened with um, the Brian Flores edition of the team versus the Mike McDaniel is first, it was who wants to be a captain, and and I say that not in a not in a way of trying to undermine what they did because. Apparently, they said last year, Tua didn't feel like he was in a place where he was ready to be a captain. That's probably a part of the coaching staff not necessarily supporting him as much as you would think they would a starting quarterback and those kinds of things. So I think that's part of it was who wants to be it, which veterans. And you saw a lot of younger guys, veterans going, hey, maybe that's not for me. Let me go do what I um, what I want to do and I'll, I'll be a leader but not necessarily wear a C. and then on that c thing i think that was also a brian flores thing of we had team captains but we didn't have weekly captains if if if, if you thought it because each game was different captains being sent up there for the coin toss so i think that's part of why the c just it, it was not as prominent as it had been in previous years i think it comes back this year i think you absolutely see it on the people's chest i don't think that there's going to be any um any confusion there
1: we we actually we used to have the yeah. the patch on the on the jerseys i remember Tannehill. um i don't know yep. if this picture will send i just sent it into the space i don't know if it'll show up but um Tannehill used to have it on his jersey um i think the problem last year was that a lot of our captains didn't actually see the field because we picked guys that were on, like, special team. Like, Mac Hollins was a captain. Um, and sometimes he wasn't, you know, starting at receiver, right? And we had Jason yeah. McCourty was a captain. He barely played. Right. Um, so that was an issue last year of, you know, printing it on the jersey. And,
0: um, I mean, I, I, I absolutely remember um, – this was a few years ago now, obviously. But I remember when Kenny Stills had the <laughs> seat added to his – When Kenny Stills had the C added to his jersey, and it was like, oh, hey, yeah. So, absolutely remember it. Um, I have an autographed uh, uh, Michael Thomas, the safety slash special teams. I've got an autographed Michael Thomas jersey with the C on it. So, yeah, it it definitely used to be there. And then, like you said, I think it just became last year – it wasn't. It, it was there. It just wasn't as prominent, and I think we start to see it more again this year.
4: You got so. all the cool jerseys, Kevin.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, I I have spent way too much money. Is basically what I what that comes down to.
4: <laughs> hey man, everybody's got to have their collection of something, right? Absolutely. I'm right Ryan. there with you. I just I just added my forty first jersey. I want to say
0: nice. Jeez, forty first. Yeah. <laughs> I think I'm at thirty five, not counting autographed ones because those
1: are different. I think I have thirty five right now. But, Hell yeah! Wow, well, you guys are way ahead of me. I think I only have like eight or nine.
4: <laughs> well, what, you're like twenty one years old, right, Jimmy?
1: Yeah, I'm twenty, so you, that's all. Also... Oh, um,
4: you got time, brother. I'm thirty six. Yeah,
0: yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm I'm ahead of both of you at forty two. So, okay. all right. It's
4: a race. Race is on. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but Brian, hopefully that answered your question.
5: Oh, uh, sure, got it, it, man. Um I just hope good. that these changes with McDaniel happen. They happen fast. No pressure on tool, but everybody's excited. I already got my tickets for next Sunday. So hopefully I see most of you guys there, man. Fins up. Thank you. Fins up.
4: Fins up. All right. We got another person in here. Requesting to speak.
0: I'm working it. Okay, All so
5: right.
0: Alex, you are coming on as a speaker. What's up, guys? How you doing?
5: What's doing going on, on Alex?
0: Not
3: much. Um, this just just a this is a, quick, just a quick take, you know. And then, of course, you know, I just want to hear you guys' thoughts on what I'm about to say. You know, um, you know, going into week one, you know, against the Patriots, I feel very confident. About um, about going up against New England because I I really do think the Dolphins will dog walk New England from start to finish in my opinion because New England does not scare me one bit at all on defense or offense um, because
4: hey man from your from your lips to God's ears let's hope
3: hey (laughs) no I hear you but but I think but I don't no nobody nobody on New England scares me at all Mac Jones does not scare me one bit Devontae Parker because X F will shut him down completely but um and going and then of course week two against baltimore um you know what well, lamar jackson i feel that if you turn him into a passer your chances of winning goes uh, skyrocketed your chances of winning goes skyrockets to the top because i don't not i never believe that lamar is a passer at all because i just think he's a running back playing quarterback and um and he has no accuracy whatsoever in my opinion but I mean, all you have to do so is zero look, blitz him According all day. to
4: Dolphins Twitter,
3: zero blitz him According
4: day. to Dolphins Twitter, you're you're talking about the next quarterback of the Miami Dolphins next year. According know. to <laughs> half of still, Dolphins Twitter, I
3: still would take two over Lamar any day of the week.
4: And uh, I think I'm ooh, rocking with you right there because it,
1: I've got to disagree there.
4: I
3: mean, I, I understand. Hey, you know what? It, I that that's a so beautiful about you know being a Dolphins fan. You know, you everybody has their own takes, and I and I will never ever. Ever, ever, um, you know, uh, go up against your opinion. You know that, and that, uh, that's your opinion, and uh, that's that's fine. But uh, I mean, just I just think that you know the uh, Lamar just he, all you have to do is zero blitz, it, zero blitz his ass all day, and then you you're you're winning, it. you're winning that game.
4: Good. Dude. I mean, the Dolphins put the blueprint out there. Yeah, they really did. After that Dolphins game last year. Uh, Lamar didn't have very much success, and then he didn't even finish the season. And,
3: uh, Tyler Huntley showed showed better passing, in my opinion, than, uh, than Lamar did in, in in the games he played. When I saw him, I was really impressed with Tyler Huntley. You know, but but that that's just my take, guys. You know, just a quick take. Also, uh, one more thing with uh, with wrestling, um, how do you guys feel about Roman keeping the belt over Drew on Sunday? I I still am. Not, I'm okay with it but when is he going to drop I, I don't I don't know when he's going to drop the belt. I I, I think it's going to be to the Rock at WrestleMania but but I don't it's it's very confusing because he's about to take another leave of absence what I heard but um I mean it, it's it's very confusing to me but I think Triple H has done a tremendous job. He's brought WWE back on the map in my opinion with with their Yeah, I agree Alex
4: I yeah, I think, I think Triple H is doing a, a fantastic job as head of creative with WWE now that Vince is gone. As far as Roman goes, uh, I'm actually a big fan of when champions hold their titles for a long time. Um, I know not a lot of people are – I can't say not a lot, but there there's a select group of people who uh, don't appreciate Roman Reigns and, and don't enjoy his work. But uh, coming from a 19-year professional wrestler like myself, uh, I train – uh, oh, future nice. professional wrestler here in Davenport, Iowa. Uh, my business partner is Seth Rollins of WWE, so he knows Roman very well, Uh and oh, wow. and we both. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to, I'm trying to focus milk no, excuse me, mostly on the Dolphins here, but uh, I do have another life as, uh, as. No, no, no. We're cool. We're cool. Wrestling questions are totally cool. I'm just. I'm trying not to toot my own horn here a little bit. You know what I mean? No,
3: no. I totally, but, I totally uh, understand. But yes, I. I agree. I think Roman Roman has gotten better throughout the years, in my opinion. I think this is just a, oh, absolutely. This is the best I've seen Roman in a long time, in my opinion. You know, now with the note with Sokoa added to the bloodline, like who nobody's gonna stop him, in my opinion. But, yeah,
4: I mean, he's a tremendous talent, uh, good looking yeah. dude. He's big and jacked, and uh, and he certainly paid his dues along the line. Um, you know, he won't be champ forever, I agree. but uh, I think I think you're. I don't know if he'll drop the title to Rock at WrestleMania, but I definitely think that's a match we're going to get, and I'm excited for that one. I'll probably be in attendance for it.
3: Nice, nice. Well, you know, it's just hope, and you know, get back to the office. Let's just hope that uh, you know, come week one, you know, I, I'm very confident. I, I still think this is a playoff team, 13 and four. I still think they go three and one. You know, that that Cincinnati game just scares me a little bit. But you guys have a great night. It was a pleasure being on with you guys. God bless you
0: and your families, and fins up, guys. Thank you, Alex. So I think that, uh, I think it was interesting. So I had a, roundtable uh, um, round table with, uh, one member of Buffalo rumblings, one member of Pat's pulpit and one member of gangrene nation that we did yesterday. Um, and it should be coming out in the next day or so, uh, as we're getting ready for the season, and it's something we did last year, and then we did it again this year, and actually it's the same group of guys, so a lot of fun, a lot of chance to just talk about where each of our teams are, where we think they will be, um, what we see matching up, and it was really interesting because we actually got into a discussion on the Bengals because obviously you had Super Bowl run, you had that surprise all the way up, but part of the discussion was, hey. It's hard for a team to go to the Super Bowl. It's hard for a team to go to the Super Bowl and lose and then repeat back into the Super Bowl the next year. But then the other part of the discussion was whether or not the Bengals are as good as everybody thinks they are. Like, Did they catch lightning in a bottle and ride it all the way to the Super Bowl? Or are they actually that good? And part of the discussion was also the, the Steelers should be better than they were last year. I mean, they have upgraded their quarterback, whether or not you think it's a great upgrade. Big Ben was he he was not Big Ben anymore. He was a guy just out there holding a position. And then obviously, I think the Ravens are going to be a good team this year. They can't go through what they did last year with twenty five, fifty, seventy five, whatever it was, players on IR that they had. So I think that the the, the Bengals are an interesting team this year to watch because I I, I don't know that they're as good as they were last year. It felt a lot like they caught lightning in a bottle.
1: I I have to agree. Um, I think they were uh, a playoff team, uh, a wild card team that happened to have a lot of things go their way. Um, Evan McPherson was basically automatic from every single field goal he attempted, and I think that helped them a lot. Um, when they weren't able to score, you know, touchdowns, they were just getting three points every single time you know, 40, 50, 30 yards, whatever. Um, They have improved their offensive line a lot. Um, I think they have three new linemen this year, like in total from the draft and free agency. Um, But I think, you know, the Steelers, like you said, are going to get better, but I think the Ravens are going to get better too because they had so many injuries last year that they won't have this year. Like J.K. Dobbins missed all of last season. Um, He'll be back. Um, The Ravens were a team that, until they played Miami, I think they were the number two seed, and then Miami sort of beat them last year, and their their season went off the rails. So I think the Ravens and the Steelers are going to give the Bengals a run for their money in that division. Um, I'm not sure if they're if the the Bengals will even win it uh, to begin with. So we'll have to see. I think they're definitely weaker than they were last season, though. I think they're a little overrated at this point. So when
4: when when I listen to you guys talk about. Uh you know, all these teams getting better and whatnot, and then we we talk about the Bengals. What I'm thinking of is that run that the Bengals went on last year, why can't Miami do that this year? Why can't we, the Miami Dolphins, go on a Bengals-like run and find ourselves in the Super Bowl? It's not out of the question with the additions and the changes that have been made in Miami. I mean, we brought the Cheetah to South Florida. Tyreek Hill is a Miami Dolphin. You pair him alongside Jalen Waddle. You got Cedric Wilson in the fold now. You got Mike Isiki running down the middle of the field wide open because they've double-teamed Tyreek. They've double-teamed Jalen Waddle. You can only have 11 defenders on the field at any given moment. Somebody's going to be open. And, oh, by the way, uh, according to Tyreek Hill, you have the most accurate quarterback in the NFL delivering those football those footballs to those receivers that tight end those running backs who can catch out of the backfield you got raheem moser the fastest running back in the league you got mike mcdaniel who everyone pigeonholes as a run game genius well he was a run game genius because he was only allowed to call the run game you say run game genius i say genius so now he's allowed to call the passing plays as well and he's going to show how good he is, how much of a genius he is while designing pass plays that are built off of the run game, the outside zone, Tua with the naked bootlegs, the play-action passes. We saw that against the Eagles, uh, 51-yard bomb down the middle of the field to Tyreek. Very next play, bootleg to the left, 13-yard gain to Tyreek. Two plays later, play-action Touchdown to River Craycraft. It was that easy, that simple, all from the mind of our new genius head coach, Mike McDaniel. So, again, I ask you, the Bengals went on a an improbable run to get to the Super Bowl last year. Why not the Miami Dolphins this year?
0: Hey, so uh, before we keep going, I just want to – any of the listeners, if you guys have questions or wanted to comment anything, just uh, let us know and we will bring you on the show. Uh, Merrick, I think you're absolutely right. I mean, there's no reason the Dolphins couldn't make that run. Um,
4: in years past, no, they couldn't have, you know, last year we were kind of kidding ourselves, hoping they were going to make the playoffs a couple years back. I mean, they were just abysmal, but this year with the moves they've made to set it up, why not? Why can't we do this? We have to get out of the mindset of being a losing franchise. We need to go back to what we were in the nineties, the eighties, the seventies. We are one of the best football teams in the National Football League, one of the most historic franchises in the NFL. If we can shake this loser's mentality, which Mike McDaniel clearly doesn't have if anybody's been watching his pressers, we can be a good football team. We can make a run, much like the Bengals did. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, Kevin.
0: No, 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 I wasn't saying anything.
4: That's just that's my whole point here. It's, is that it's, it's with the additions that were made, you got Teron, Teron Armstead at left tackle, Connor Williams bolstering the center position. Uh, you know, we had a, a, a stout defense the back half of the year last year, and now we've added Melvin Ingram, we've added Trey Flowers. We just need to get Byron Jones back, or coach up some of these young guys like Keon Cross and Cater uh, Kohu. Those guys, if we can get. This defense rocking and rolling, plus you add an explosive offense, you know, again, with Tyree Kill, Cedric Wilson, Jalen Waddle, Raheem Mostert, Chase Edmonds, Mike Kosicki, must I, think, I go on? Like, this is exciting, man. It's it's a great time to be a Dolphins fan.
1: I think we have everything in every position, but there is, like, I, I'm, I'm a big fan of Tua, but I can't say that there's not still a question mark around him if he can be the guy like, if you put Joe Burrow on our team, I think everyone would have us as Super Bowl contenders. I don't think that's controversial to say. So, like, we can make the run that the Bengals did. It's just, can Tua step up and play at the level that, you know, Burrow did last year for Cincinnati and that, you know, Herbert does for for LA and that Josh Allen does for Buffalo? Like, if Tua makes that step, I don't think there's any reason why we can't make the Super Bowl, considering the talent we have on both sides of the ball. Like, we have an offensive head coach now, so our offense will get better. But we retained, I think, 95% of our players on defense last year. I think all of our starters returned. I don't can't remember any starters that left. So that should be, you know, a good indication that we have a strong roster. Um, again, it's just up to Tua, I think. It's all on his shoulders. And I think he'll deliver this season. I, I agree. And I agree with that fun. last part, too, because –
4: Tua has already shown indications that he's grown and matured as a player. And I think a lot of that has to do with Brian Flores being gone. He has a head coach who supports him. He's two years removed from a catastrophic hip injury uh, where a lot of people wondered if he'd ever even play football again. And yet he comes back just a few months later to start football games in the NFL Uh, his rookie season and what does he do all he does is win he goes out there and he wins football games but now he's got the power back once you once you fix the lower half there you get the power back Uh, everyone has said his arm looks stronger he's got more zip on his passes and again he's got the support of his head coach he's got the support of Tyreek Hill one of the best wide receivers in the National Football League uh I think he's ready to go out there and you know judging by uh, you know, Rich Eisen likes to call it Salty Tua. Uh, I like Spicy Tua a little bit more, but judging <laughs> by his, his press conferences, this man has his swagger back. We're going to see Tuscaloosa Tua in South Florida this year for the Miami Dolphins, and playoffs are certainly the expectation. I think they're going to get there, and we may finally win a playoff game for the first time in, what, 22 years at this
0: point? Yep. Yeah. I think but it's I think that's key that the, the 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 swagger the the confidence of Tua didn't go away from just coming to the NFL. It went away because from the moment he got here, he was hearing how the Dolphins needed to replace him. And I feel like and and I might be wrong on this, but I absolutely feel like even even after the um the tampering and all the discussion of Brady and all of that even with all that, Mike McDaniel never wavered from Tua's my guy, Tua's is my guy, Tua's is my guy. He had uh Tyreek Hill come in here and immediately start saying, Hey, two is a special quarterback. So you started to have these pieces come out and start propping him up. And I think it just no matter how good you are, if if everybody sat there and just beat you down for years, it's going to affect your psyche. So now he has people starting to prop him up. That confidence is going to come back. And no matter how much they say his um, his hip was healed and he was ready to go. I I still feel like. As a rookie and even into last year. Tua was worried about that hip. You had to be there. There's it's just the nature of it. I mean, we, we see it with ACL tears. The guy comes back a year later and is healthy. But he doesn't play quite the same because he just doesn't trust the knee. Why would we think that a hip injury, similar to what ended Bo Jackson's career, Tua was going to come back from immediately a year later and be like, yep, I'm 100% let's go? Of course, he's going to have some time. So
4: I think. Point, Kevin. uh, I had spinal fusion surgery four years ago, um, which is a pretty intense surgery, you know. Uh, my C5 through C7 vertebrae oh. and my neck are, are fused together. Uh, and, you know, they tell you, oh, you can come back from that. Give it about a year and you'll feel good. I'm four years out from that surgery and many, many days, the majority of days in my life, I don't feel 100%, not even close to it. Uh, and, and for Tua to have such a major surgery as well, like you said, a surgery that ended Bo Jackson's career uh, a number of years ago and to then be thrust into action against literally some of the best, most physical, uh, toughest athletes in the world just a few months after that and then be expected to perform at an elite level, uh, which is the level he performed at at Alabama, that's just a big ask. And then when he doesn't do it right away, his coach turns his back on him and flirts with, Deshaun Watson, who we all know by this point uh, has had a, a myriad of of uh, legal troubles, to put it lightly, but openly flirts with Deshaun Watson and then Tom Brady, uh, the, the owner flirts with Tom Brady and, and everyone around him is saying, yeah, we like you, but we don't love you and we're ready to move on from you whenever we get an opportunity to do so. And he's supposed to just show up and go to work every day and be a good soldier and, and And practice with a smile on his face all while dealing with the recovery of that devastating hip injury. And that's just a lot to ask from anyone, let alone a a 22-year-old young man who's trying to navigate life alongside a new job where uh, all eyes are on him in Miami uh, and in the rest of the, the country as well. It's just that's tough. That's a big
0: ask. Yeah. So before we go on, I just want to make sure, Sumit, you know that Bo Jackson was a football and baseball player in the <laughs> late eighties. Sumit knows. Sumit
4: knows.
6: <laughs>
0: no, that see, you know,
1: before you actually said anything about Bo, like when you were talking about his injury, like I was gonna bring up that it was the same injury as Bo Jackson, and then you yeah. beat me to it, and then you get to you get to stick me with this. Uh, you don't know Bo Jackson,
0: <laughs> but no, I think uh, I think that. It is. It's a matter of and, – and obviously, you add all these weapons around him. The, they, whatever happens with the offensive line, they clearly improved it because it would be really hard to make it worse. So yeah. they clearly improved it. So the pieces are getting there. And I know there are going to be people who are going to jump up and down and say that is not the guy because he can't put the team on his back and carry them to the Super Bowl. And honestly, there's what, three, four of those guys – You probably have Aaron Rodgers, who's only done it once. So you have Aaron Rodgers, who's a guy who can put a team on his back and win, but he's only done it once. You have Tom Brady, who somehow is defying the laws of age, physics, and everything else in order to keep doing it. You have Josh Allen, who looks like he's a guy that might be able to do that, but they haven't been there yet. So you have Patrick Mahomes. After that, maybe Justin Herbert's coming. Maybe uh, Lamar Jackson could do it. Maybe... You have a lot of maybes. You don't have a lot of, yes, that is the guy. So there's no reason to think that Tua has to be that type of guy. Yeah, you build pieces around him, and then you go ahead and uh, uh, develop the team Yeah, because it's a team game.
1: Like, see, it, Stafford just won a Super Bowl, and Stafford couldn't yeah. carry a bad Lions team his whole career, right? And nobody would say that Stafford is on the level of Rodgers or Mahomes or, or – um, You know, any number of those elite quarterbacks you mentioned. But so I don't understand why Tua is expected to be in that elite of elite. If he's just a top 10 quarterback, we'll make the the divisional round of the playoffs. I think that's pretty obvious.
4: But I I think I think there's something to that, though. I think people expect it because he did it at Alabama. Now, he was surrounded with with great talent at Alabama. But but people forget that. And they they look at the quarterback because the quarterback's the star of the show. And they say, okay, well, he did it at Alabama. And all of us, myself included, were ecstatic when he was drafted to Miami Dolphins with the number five overall pick in the 2020 NFL draft. And so we're a nation Again, we haven't won a playoff game in 22 years. So we yeah. look at Tua and we view him as our savior. And then Houts, who who hasn't jumped on yet, creates a left arm of God Twitter account. Uh, what? <laughs> which only perpetuates. Who's, who runs that? Is that Houts? <laughs> house spoiler alert house runs left arm of god and uh it, and that perpetuates this notion that that Tua must be the savior of the Miami Dolphins and by god I hope he is but these things take time how many quarterbacks get to a super bowl in their first two seasons in the nfl joe burrow is out here rewriting you know all of the the blueprints and all of the standards for a young quarterback in the NFL. And he's a stud, no doubt about it. But the Dolphins were not in a position to draft Joe Burrow. They weren't going to be able to trade uh, into position to draft Joe Burrow. Uh, according to reports, Stephen Ross tried multiple multiple times and was declined and denied multiple times. So we have Tua. Tua, at one point before his, his devastating hip injury, was in contention to be the number one overall pick ahead of joe burrow in the 2020 nfl draft so we're impatient we want it to happen will it happen i sure hope so i think there are brighter days ahead especially when you have surrounded Tua with all of the talent that you've surrounded him with this off season. but i think people need to understand that and remember that this stuff doesn't happen for young quarterbacks in the nfl it takes time and we have time to as young He's finally healthy. I think, again, like I said, brighter days are ahead for the Miami Dolphins, but we just need to be patient.
0: I just want to say, so while we're doing this and so that everybody knows, um, the Finnsider official site, uh, Fantasy Football League, is doing their draft right now. So I'm also doing that. And somehow I just picked Dawson Knox and James Cook back-to-back. And I feel oh no! Dirty. I feel dirty for <laughs> picking two bills back to back.
4: I'll oh. tell you what, Kevin. I am in one fantasy football league, and uh, I I'm ashamed to admit that my quarterback is Josh Allen. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> you guys don't <laughs> fight <find> me.
0: <laughs> well, on that note, let's. Uh, Will just came up and said uh, he has something to talk about. So let me get a, go ahead and if my phone wants to work for some reason, it's not letting me select him.
4: Here we go, Willis. You in? Not yet, almost. I can. I think I can approve. Yeah,
0: I think so. For some reason, it's not letting me select.
4: It's also not letting me select. Are you able well, to back out, Willis, and then come back in? Uh, uh, can you all hear me? Yep, I got oh, you now. we can hear you. In. Uh, so, I, I just drafted Raheem Moser. Do you think that's a good pick? I think that's I a very sneaky sneaky selection there. I think Chase Edmonds yeah. is getting drafted high, but Raheem Mostert might be – the guy that you'll get a little more production out of, especially because of his familiarity with Mike McDaniel's offense. Coming, both of them coming from San Francisco, so I think you got yourself a nice little pick there. I hope so, bro. Yeah, I got it. I got it in one of the one of the later rounds. So I w- I figured I'd, I'd snatch him. If well, he stays healthy,
1: he's going to be a great pick.
4: Yeah, and that's always the question with most hurt, isn't it? If he can stay healthy, he's been injured like literally every year, but uh. I mean, why not? In later round like that, grab yourself a Raheem Mostert. You get to cheer on a Miami Dolphins player while you watch the games. You can't beat that, man. Yeah, bro, that's what I'm hoping for. And then uh, I drafted Tua in the fourth round. Well, fourth round on him. So you're bullish on Tua this year, bro. I think he's he can run, he can pass, he can do it all. So I mean, you see you see players like that; they, they just pop off in fantasy. I think that's a very underrated aspect of Tua's game is his mobility, is his legs, especially now he's another year removed from that hip surgery. Um, he'll be he'll be asked, he'll be tasked to move around uh, with the bootlegs and whatnot, and I think he'll have some running lanes open. He's not going to give you you know Lamar Jackson or Josh Allen rushing stats, but uh, you know it'll be a little added bonus to Tua's fantasy game this year.
0: I think that's it. Exactly. I think it's the the bootlegs. I think that they, with this offense, it is such a naked boot or pulling line boot that there's going to be opportunities there for, Hey, there's nothing open downfield. Go ahead and run. So it might not be, yeah, it's not going to be Lamar Jackson out there leading the team and rushing or anything, but I think that you absolutely have an opportunity to pick up some points from two of running.
4: Just go to Fridolasnacket. SBNation.com. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends four three 2023 Void wherever hip. Here's worth the snacks awarded in the form of fifty-two coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at fridola snack well, Who well, else did you who else did you nab, Kevin?
0: Um, let's see. So my quarterback right now is Kyler Murray. Okay. Um my running backs are Aaron Jones and Zeke Elliott. I have Cordero Patterson and Cook on bench um, and in flex. Um, I was I was trying to get Pollard, and he went one spot before me because I wanted to handcuff him to Elliott. Oh. Um, I got at wide receiver, I've got Cooper Cup and Hunter Renfro. That's where I'm hurting right now. At tight end, I have George Kittle, Dawson Knox, and Mike Kosicki.
4: Oh, we're uh, big fans of George Kittle here in Iowa. That's my so, buddy.
0: And I'm on the clock right now.
4: Let us make your pick for you, Kevin. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> let's vote. Who uh, Who's available?
0: Let's see. So, God, so many kickers up near the top right now. Um, let's see. All the defense, all the kickers, going past all of them. Um I kind of like J.D. McKissick here.
4: Nice PPR running back there. Number Um, two behind Antonio Gibson, especially with Brian Robinson out for the first four games at least.
0: That's really who I'm leaning towards. Um, Let's see.
1: McKissick would be good. I had him last year. He was all right. Uh,
0: Marvin Jones, Robbie Anderson, Joshua Palmer are the wide receivers that are available.
1: I
4: I really like Josh Palmer this year. I do.
0: Bro, I love Robbie Anderson there. That guy went to Temple. He's Temple Tough, bro. <laughs> <laughs> so, Josh Palmer, Robbie Anderson, or uh, McKissick. Um, I've got what, about a,
4: what about, like, a Michael Gallup? Is he available? When he comes back from injury, he's going to be the number two receiving option in Dallas behind CD.
0: Why is, oh, I got ten seconds. And... I just lost this for my players. Where'd they go? Okay, there we go. Um, I'm taking Palmer just because he the one. he was the one on the top of the list right there. <laughs> <laughs> there <you go. laughs> Los
4: Angeles is gonna be a pass happy offense this year yeah. for sure. Did you did you draft Tua?
0: I have not yet. Um I'm guessing since this is the uh the site of Iowa. Why is it not? Oh, he must have already been picked. Who picked he's him? Already Let's gone. See. I'm guessing that it was um, – oh, it wasn't. I was guessing it was Wild Zion Beaver that picked him. So where is he? He went – he's got to already be gone, right? Trevor Lawrence went. Wow. Yo, T-Law, he ain't worth a pick, bro.
4: Well, you said this was the Sider League. So somebody yes. snatched him up.
0: So he went um, to back up Patrick Mahomes. <laughs>
4: well, all right. Well, that team's set.
0: And I'm back on. The, <laughs> I'm back on the clock. Um, so I'm taking McKissick here. I think.
4: Yeah, there you oh, go.
0: Yeah, Anderson's still on the board too. I think I got time. I think I don't think anybody's gonna. I'm gonna take McKissick here. There you I go. Need the, I need the. The, the the backup okay yeah so I've got, it's a 12 team league and we have five picks left anybody have
4: any other questions out there raise your hand get on in here we want to answer your questions we want to make this a, a nice successful space you got dolphins questions you got wrestling questions whatever you want to know about uh like i said i'm a I am the head trainer at Black and Brave Wrestling Academy, uh, an academy run by Seth Rollins of the WWE. So I have 19 years of professional wrestling experience. If that's your fancy, get your question in. We'll try to do the best we can to answer them. I guess we haven't even talked about Sunday's matchup. Oh yeah,
0: that's yeah, probably a good place to that. go, huh? <laughs> <laughs> but, um, so that was when we were doing that table um that's kind of where uh the, the conversation went was how do you match up with each other's teams since that's six of the 17 games which still by the way when people say like 11 and 6 or 10 and 7 it's very confusing uh, it feels weird to me It just yeah it's not right but i think that the, the key i think against the patriots is stop the run i i There's all this talk and and I was talking to Pat Lane um, from Pat's pulpit uh, and he was like, yeah, don't, don't, don't buy into all this. The offense is a mess. Has it been great? No. But at the end of the day, do you really think Bill Belichick is going to go out there with an offense that doesn't work? And he's going to find a way to make it work. I mean, he had the game where he let Mac Jones throw the ball three times. So the, they won that game. They find a way to make things happen. That was weather, obviously, but th- they find ways. But I think the the, the big thing is Belichick's going to come out and he's going to try to run the ball down the Dolphins' throats. They have some incredible running backs in a great group that they're going to try to run it down Miami's throats. And that's a concern of the defense. Obviously, cornerback depth is the number one concern. Behind that... I think it's, can they stop the running game? And we don't know that yet. So I think that's where the biggest concern is. And then talking to those guys, um, all three of them from all three sites, their absolute concern when they face the Dolphins is just speed. The Dolphins oh, yeah. have speed. I mean, that that's what the Dolphins are going to try to track meet everybody, and say – just stay with us because if you manage to slow down Hill, okay, Waddle's going to do it. If you manage to slow down Waddle and Hill, okay, Mostert's going to do it. They have so much ridiculous speed.
4: Yeah. I, I love that. I love I that. Think- That's such a – when was the last time the Miami Dolphins had an electric offense that didn't feature a gimmick like the Wildcat?
1: Yeah. yeah. Literally over two, two decades ago. Yeah, since I've I've watched Dolphins games, we've not had, I think, a top 10 offense. Like, even the Wildcats season, I think we were, like, 11 or something. So, and that was the first season I watched. So, yeah, since I've been a fan, <laughs> no good offenses. Um, I think this year, with the the difference is that, like you said, like, we just have so much speed. You can't, like, when, when people played Kansas City, they used to double-team Hill to try and take him out. But you can't do that with Waddle right. and Cedric Wilson and Gesicki and Edmonds and Mostert, like, there's too much. So they're going to have to play man versus Tyreek and then hope that, you know, they're he can come over and fly over. I just over. got goosebumps,
4: goosebumps when you said that. Man coverage versus Tyreek. Good luck. <laughs> and
0: I think, I think you said something else there that everybody forgets, and I brought this up during that roundtable too, that Cedric Wilson is a hidden gem in this offseason because everybody's going to be so focused on Hill and Waddle that it's open up that middle. And I still think that Mike Kosicki is not going to be asked to be a primary blocking tight end. I think they worked on that. They want him to be able to have that option. But I think he is, he, he is a receiver. And I think that Mike McDaniel is not the type of guy to go, you know what, I have this really good receiver. I'm going to make him block. I think he's going to open him up. He's going to let him slide out. He's going to... Give him that opportunity to show I am a wide Receiver playing tight end So
4: you want to to know why I agree with you Kevin and why I think you're spot On there Mike McDaniel kept Tanner Connor on the 53 man roster Tanner Connor Is a converted wide receiver In his rookie season undrafted out of Mm -hmm. what Idaho Idaho State something Like that do we think Tanner Connor is an efficient Locker at this stage in his career? No, and but but what is he? He's a pass catcher who's fast as hell.
0: Hunter Long isn't a p- fully formed, developed pass blocker either. He's another receiving tight end. I mean, Durham Smythe is going to be, I think, the primary tight end when you're looking for Agreed. a in blocker, yeah. all around possession type tight end. So if you figure you have Hill and Waddle on the outside just burning down the field. You then open up the middle, and that's where Cedric Wilson and that's where Mike Kosicki are going to make money this year. Yep. And then yep. the other thing that it was really interesting because it was um, it was a point of discussion during that roundtable was how many times a game, how many times a season do you see 50, 55, 60, Yard in the air passes. You,
4: A handful. You, yeah, yeah.
0: Like like they were talking about it. Um, that Josh Allen. There were probably three, four, maybe five of those last year. And that's Josh Allen with the cannon for an arm. That's Stronger, strong. Right. And you don't see those. So while we all get hyped up of seeing them do it in practice. That's not where the game is played. The game is played on that. 10-yard slant or 3-yard slant or 10-yard out and let the receiver do his thing. How many times did we see bubble screens that Tyreek Hill took to the house 75 yards downfield? That's where the Miami Dolphins are going to play. It's
4: yeah. Yeah. Those short Dr- what does Tyreek say? He wants to get the defense drunk on the yak. That's yeah. what he wants. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> and That's exactly what it is. So, yes, do you want to see that first play from the preseason game and Tyree kill is running down the field and you bomb it out there. Of course you do because it's the long ball. Everybody's exciting. It's ball. fun. Yeah. But if a 60 yard pass where 55 of it was through the air or a 65 yard pass where it was three yards
1: through the air and Tyree kill took it, the other 62
4: still 60 yards, still 65
1: baby. yards. Yep. And the, the the thing about the the deep ball anyway is it's not really how far you can throw it; it's how fast you throw the ball. And Tua throws it awfully fast from yeah. twenty to thirty five yards, like I don't know about fifty yards, but in that intermediate range, like he can sling it. Um, my like I'm I don't know if you guys watched Marino. Um, my dad did, and he always used to tell me that Marino. <laughs>
4: <laughs> Hold on to me. Did you? <laughs> My dad watched Marino. Oh no. But this <laughs> yeah, but I am your dad time, just
0: for the record. <laughs> Jason
1: Taylor's kid is playing for LSU. Oof. <laughs> so Yeah, so what 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 he was saying anyway. My point was that he he threw it so darn fast that it didn't really matter how close the coverage was that Marino would get it to the the receiver anyway. And I think right. Tua has that quick release, has the ability to get it out of his hands. So we don't really need him to throw it like 50 yards down the field. It's not necessary. Um, so yeah.
4: Tell your dad I said hi. I will. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we got Jake Mendel in this space. We gotta, we gotta get him. We gotta get a mic um, on Jake here.
0: It should be coming up. Don't we got podcast on
4: him. superstar Jake Mendel from the Finnsider.
0: Come on. It's like, it and then it's not doing anything.
1: It My kid. Oh,
0: uh oh,
1: uh oh, house okay. is in here.
0: House is in here now. House is also having some, uh, getting his kids to bed issues. So, <laughs> oh, Jake has no mic. oh.
4: You figure it out, Jake. We need you. We need you. Uh, my kids will not let me turn off the Finn podcast early because they want to hear two and a half minutes of the Dolphin Spike song. And I'm convinced that that gets added on to the end of the podcast to meet some sort of like length regulation like the podcast must be <laughs> like a certain length it has to be at least like a half hour or something like that so that Josh and Jake can make their millions and millions of dollars <laughs> that they do off this podcast but they love it my kids just go crazy for it so dad can we listen to the song yes yes we can <laughs> I'm just trying to exit out so I can listen to Kyle Krabs or, or Wingfield or
0: <laughs> <laughs> I uh I um I, I it's funny because I listen to my podcast and I know I'm I'm the weird guy. I, I listen to my podcast on two times speed. So when it does click over to <laughs> normal <laughs> speed, it sounds like people are drunk because they're talking like this now. <laughs> and it just the way my head works i i listen to all my podcasts on two times speed every now and then somebody will come on there that talks way too fast not to slow it down a little bit just to get used to their voice and then speed it back up but i'm worried now because the next time i'm at a game and the fight song comes on <laughs> it's not gonna sound right
4: <laughs> you're gonna sing it double speed <laughs> yes. Miami the
0: greatest football team <laughs> it's gonna be so it, it's just gonna be messed up. I know it.
4: <laughs> you can't possibly listen to Hout in two time speed. That, oh,
0: absolutely. absolutely. You can, really. Yes. Absolutely. My we, I don't know. I'm just strange. <laughs> Ricky
4: Mostert and River Crawcraft and
0: <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I need a backup quarterback. Who am I taking as a backup quarterback?
4: Um Who's available? What's Jameis Winston?
0: Daniel Jones. Carson Wentz, Zach Wilson, Mac Jones, Jared Goff, Deshaun Watson is available for some reason. Uh, Baker Mayfield, Davis Mills, Marcus Mariota.
1: Um, I would. Well, think, uh, Daniel Jones has a little bit of rushing upside because he he's pretty mobile. So.
0: Um and by week thirteen, so Baker is out. So, Daniel Jones isn't bad. Um, I've got five seconds. I think it's, I think it's Daniel Jones and I'll find a way to get rid of him before the season. <laughs> before he plays. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I have just a kicker left. Okay. But hmm. man, it's so, uh, wilds on Beaver. If you guys have been on the site, all our listeners, if you've been on the site for any length of time, you probably know Beaver. Um, he said actually tonight in the uh, chat in here that he's been having problems getting logged into the site. So I'll have to figure out what's going on with that and see if I can get his password reset or whatever. But he's such a big part of especially the early days of the fin Sider and us developing as a community and trying to get that weekly or nightly random live thread going as everybody just hung out and talked and enjoyed just talking to other Dolphins fans about whatever and uh he he has won the last two years of the fantasy um, league. And the winner comes back each year, so this is his third straight year in league now. And I told him tonight that if he wins again this year, he's just forfeiting all of next year's picks and he's just going pre agent after the draft. The rest of us <laughs> are gonna get the draft.
4: He's gotta do the UDFAs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's oh we lost we lost Hout.
0: Oh, the kids must have taken over.
4: I was just going to open up the floor to him to ask me a wrestling question. He could do it on the space instead of the DM.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there was no chance. I'm really surprised and kind of disappointed that, uh, Duke, now that you're laughing, you haven't tried to come in as a speaker. It makes me kind of sad, Duke. You should be in here as a speaker. Go back to the old days. God. Such old days. God, how long have I been running this website? Oh, my God. <laughs> <sighs> so, let's see. I took over in July, I think, of 2011. And when they when SB Nation came to me, um, because Matt Infante had to, had to drop out just before the season, he had um, some things come up personal and professional that made it so he couldn't keep running the site. They came to me and said, Hey, can you take over? And I said, I can get you through the season. I can't promise anything other than that, but based on my real life, I can get you at least through the season. And, uh, yeah, that was 2011. So, uh, <laughs> 11 years. I'm, I'm still, I'm still, uh, I'm still getting them through the season every year, <laughs> but no, I think uh, I think it's worked out. I think we've done a good job of uh, of building and continuing to grow the site. So, and hopefully, things like this, Merrick coming up with ideas like this, will continue to help us grow the site.
4: I think but, it's fun. I think it gives us all uh, an opportunity to to congregate, no matter where we're from. You know, we got. Jake up in Massachusetts and Josh in Pennsylvania and myself in Iowa and Kevin, you're out on the, the West Coast, right? Yep, I'm up in
0: Washington State right now.
4: Washington and, and you know plenty of listeners here from Miami and, and all around the country, all around the world possibly. And I think it's awesome. It gives us a chance to get together preview the upcoming matchup talk about you know all the good things and and you know some of the bad things hopefully fingers crossed not too many of those this season uh at least hopefully not as many as last season sheesh but uh you know it gives us a place to come together talk about our shared love of the miami dolphins football team and and hopefully you know we'll get to join each other each week and and talk about our march towards the playoffs and then we'll congregate once again, uh, come January, and, and talk yeah. about our playoff matchup and our playoff victories. And maybe, maybe we'll keep this going to Ooh. until February and talk about uh, the Super Bowl.
0: As 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 you're going, Merrick, and talking about the greatness that is all this, um, we have three requests up. So first, let's get Alex in here. What's and... rock
2: and roll? I got a notification that Merrick invited me to speak. <laughs>
4: <laughs> I'm just
2: clicking clicking on things. You got a wrestling right.
4: question, Alex?
2: Do I, do I have a wrestling question? Uh, who is the who is the best person? I'll, I'll make it football and wrestling related. Okay, the best okay. The person to transition from the NFL to pro wrestling? That's a good question. I think the most
4: successful transition – from the NFL to pro wrestling was probably Goldberg.
2: That would be my, that was what I thought you were going to say.
4: Goldberg's not the most technical wrestler of all time. He's very successful in the professional wrestling business. Uh, And he was a Uh, a decent football player at the University of Georgia and then went on to the NFL where he suffered some injuries. Um, But uh, The Rock never played in the NFL. He was Canadian Football League. Who else? We got uh, Steve Mongol McMichael was a member of that 1985 Bears Super Bowl Championship team. and had a decent wrestling career with WCW. Kevin Green had a nice, uh, a nice appearance or two in WCW after being a star linebacker in the NFL with the Steelers and the Panthers. Uh, Lawrence Taylor had a WrestleMania match with Bam Bam Bigelow. That's fun. I'm surprised you... I can remember this many.
0: You, you left <laughs> off the fridge. Oh, there you go. William the Refrigerator the Perry. Perry. Was that Hi, WrestleMania 2? 3? 2? WrestleMania 2, yeah. It was
2: yeah. like in WWF versus NFL Battle Royal. <laughs>
4: <laughs> yeah, so there's been a, a, a decent amount of crossover. Uh, Rob Gronkowski, yeah. very successful NFL oh, yeah. player. Multi-time um, Super Bowl champion and then uh, had a cup of coffee in NXT for WWE. Pat McAfee.
2: I'll Pat tell McAfee, you what. That's I'll, what I was I'll about t- to say.
4: I'll tell you my favorite crossover, George Kittle. I taught George <laughs> Kittle. This is a true story. So I'm friends with George Kittle. Again, not trying to toot my own horn here, but me and George are friends. He he played uh, college ball at the University of Iowa. I have a student uh, – his name is Steve Manders, the one called Manders. He's a professional wrestler now, but he was a fullback for the University of Iowa uh, when George was playing. And they were best friends. So when Steve came to me to learn how to be a professional wrestler, he asked if his buddy George Kittle could could come and, and get in the ring. And this was right before George was drafted by the San Francisco 49ers. So he wasn't a star yet, uh, but he came and I taught him how to do a couple wrestling moves, including a Stone Cold Stunner. Uh, And then that weekend, George Kittle came to a wrestling event that I put on. I I run an independent wrestling company called SCW Pro here in the Midwest. And George came to the event um, as a spectator. He just wanted to hang out with his family uh, and his soon-to-be wife and and take in a professional wrestling event and watch his buddy Steve Manders wrestle on the show. Um, But me being the wrestling promoter that I am, a, a little bit of a carny. Uh, which is not a derogatory term in the wrestling business, maybe in the rest of the world. But uh, uh, we take pride in, in how much of a carney we can be here in this business. But me being a carny and the promoter of this show, I asked George if he wanted to get in the ring and do something in front of the live audience for that show. So if you've watched any of the pregame shows uh, where they've shown George Kittle doing a Stone Cold Stunner in a professional wrestling ring, that was my show. I ran that show. And I was the one who taught him how to do the Stone Cold Stunner. So he got in the ring. He did a Stone Cold Stunner right at the end of the night. The crowd went crazy. Uh, ESPN picked it up. Uh, Fox Sports picked it up. The NFL Network picked it up. Uh, he did an interview with Brian Erlacher where they, where they talked about their shared love of professional wrestling. And they showed the clip on air. But uh, if you've ever seen that that's me that's the company that i've run we've been in business for 19 years and i've run it for the past 10 years myself uh with a great group of people uh behind me helping me do that but uh so my personal favorite nfl slash professional wrestling crossover is when george Kittle delivered a stone cold stunner in the ring for scw pro the company that i run so that's awesome a little story there for you
0: Um, I'm just sad. So, I, I I know I've brought this up to you, Merrick, before, but I'm just sad that we didn't know each other a few years ago. So that I, my boss or my higher headquarters was on Rock Island. So stayed. Yeah, we got the big military base there. Stayed in Davenport multiple times, having to go up and visit them, and wandering around downtown Davenport trying to figure out where things were and <laughs> experience well, next time- new things.
4: But, Next time you're in town, I'll be here. We can go out. I'll show you all the hot spots. There's not too many of them. It is Iowa, LA <laughs> after all. But, uh, we'll grab a beer and maybe a slice of pizza, and yeah. I'll, I'll show you the wrestling gym, and and you can hop in the the WWE ring we have down there and yeah. hit the ropes a couple times.
0: Yep. And then run away as I protect my shoulder that hopefully by then <laughs> is finally fully healed. I'm three months out of surgery and it's starting to get back. So.
4: Getting there a little we'll bit see. closer every day.
0: Yep. So, but um, let's see. Do we have anybody else? We don't have anybody else. The other people that were on here dropped off. I'm kind of wondering if Merrick was just clicking on people and that's how they ended up in here <laughs> in the first place. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's um, possible. So, Duke, who apparently uh, just doesn't want to join us, probably doesn't have a mic set up, but um, he said uh, Mongo McMichael also.
4: There. That's a good answer.
0: So, um, what else is on your guys' minds? I mean, we've been doing this for almost an hour now. So if you joined us late, um, it's my fault that we started early. The little notification popped up on my phone to, uh, remind me that it was scheduled. And when I clicked it, I apparently clicked launch. So I went ahead and apparently started this early. So if you were expecting it to come on and it was already running when you found it, that's my fault. But, uh, technical difficulties as we figure it out for the first time so but what else is on your guys minds anything any dolphins talk you want to share with us as we get an hour into this
4: don't be shy raise your hands we'll be back doing this next week i think this has been a success what do you think Kevin?
0: i do too absolutely and i think that um if we set it up right i think that tuesday nights are probably going to be the best night to do it just based on nfl schedule sure um, but try to do it Tuesday nights and, um, we can set it up so that way either of you or House or whoever's available. If I'm not can host it through the sites, Twitter account. And that way we can rotate who's in here and who's available and work around all our different schedules. But yeah, I think this is absolutely a great thing. Um, convince Jake to, uh, get a microphone ready and get him, uh, in here and get house in here um i think the timing works other than maybe houses kids going to bed but i think we i think this was a good thing i think this worked out really well yeah, this is yeah. fun.
1: most of the time we talk about tech in terms of a handful of gigantic companies like google meta and apple but some of the most interesting stuff we find online is the product of a single person sharing with us what she's learned.
6: I can't believe the McRib locator was originally a tornado locator. Right. <laughs> Pretty wild.
1: Listen to our Solo Acts miniseries now in the VergeCast feed, anywhere you find podcasts.
0: And then we have dead air. well maybe maybe we'll
4: call this one for the night then we'll end this one here uh hope hope everybody had a good time i know i had a great time uh it was cool uh you know we've been in in the same group chat for over a year now kevin and this is the first time i've ever spoken to you yeah same (laughs) so it's been cool
0: i work it really well through the uh group chat and (laughs) i end up we have people that i've never talked to that are like yeah i've been with the site for like five years i'm like oh yeah i guess it has been that long probably <laughs> yeah but well um as we do wind it down as we close it out um i just wanted to oh, take wait, a minute cause... we
4: got a request oh we have one okay seabreeze 808 are you in are you in seabreeze hi
2: um, hey, Hello. I just wanted to say thank you big time for um, Dolphins Gathering. Um, I spent 15 years in uh, DFW and got attacked whenever I'd wear my, my jersey um, because of, you know, them, the cowboys, whatever. <laughs> and Cowboys, mom. Cowgirls. Cow um, and then um, now I, he- I heard a dude say that he's in Washington state. I just want to say, hey, yeah. um, now I'm in freaking 12th man uh, country, which it's, a, you- it's OK. I will I will survive. And you guys are going to help east side me side or
0: east side or west side of the state.
2: Um, I moved just. OK, so I'm west. I'm a ferry ride from Seattle. Okay. So that's kind of exciting. Um, I'm all the way over in Spokane. Oh, okay. So. That's pretty country too. But I just want to say thank you. I feel like I found my people and I'll be hanging out with you more. Um, any comments on what I'm reading or did read before I moved up here? I've only been here a month um, about Stephen Ross and uh, is this like um, bullcrap about uh, Sean Payton and give, give me your your inside feelings on that and the whole Tom Brady thing please. I'd like to hear it from my people. So I think that it that,
0: that there's realism to it. I think that um, part of it is Stephen Ross he's older, he's owned this team for a while now, he wants to finally win and he is desperate to find a way to win. And The other part of that is he he's drawn to the big names he's drawn to that hey if i can make this guy if i can make serena and venus williams part owners of the team that gets me some notice so i think that's a big part of it and a big part of hey if i can bring in tom brady as a part owner as an executive whatever that role would have been i think that was the goal and then i think there was a path to him playing um and then i think part of that is also probably the the two years three years of um hearing how tua isn't the guy i think that you absolutely have an owner who's like okay well if we're not sold on tua why aren't we trying to go get the biggest fish we possibly can even if it's only for a couple years and i can get that ring that and finally go look i did it so i think that's part of it um and then you're in a coaching search so you take your shot on sean payton i think that this none of this i think is anything that doesn't go on every single year you have one agent who represents multiple players multiple coaches so you can talk to him about that guy but you can't talk to him about this guy well hypothetically what if i wanted to talk about a aging quarterback who is on a hall of fame path and has multiple super bowl rings. What would it take to get him? So I think there's absolutely realism to it, but I think that the league had to hit the dolphins hard in order to try to deflect some of the, Hey, what else is going on with this Brian Flores? I think, I
1: think what, what we got caught for happens all the time. I just think Stephen Ross is the only one dumb enough to actually get caught for it.
2: (laughs) Okay. Yeah. That's just my take. I,
0: and and I think the other piece of why they went so hard at the dolphins is simply because they could, you can go ahead and strip the dolphins of a first round draft pick and they still have a first round draft pick.
2: Right. So it's it's not the most devastating punishment. Right.
4: Literally, yeah I'm tired of having the first round but, draft
2: pick man I want our team to just kick ass let's go so it's
0: coming it's coming I think that they are I think that they did it the smart way and I know the teardown tank whatever you want to call it it sucked but they had to do it because 20 years of eight and eight nine seven seven eight yeah, yeah. just it, it just it was it was over. I yeah. think I just I think I just added up to 17 16
2: and 15 games one <laughs> little part there but, um, we got yeah. the message that's all that matters anyway fins up thanks dudes
1: fins Absolutely. up thank, thank you too. fins up
6: Hello I'm Nilay Patel the editor in chief of The Verge and host of Decoder a business podcast where I interview CEOs about big ideas the problems that come from those ideas and how they make decisions It is also surprisingly about org charts You can listen to the Centennial series right in the Decoder feed. New episodes of Decoder are out on Tuesday, and the Centennial series is out on Thursdays. Check it out. We think you're really going to like it. You can get it wherever you get your podcasts.
0: So as we are uh, winding down and getting close to the end of this, um, I did want to say today was the memorial remembrance for uh, Jason Jenkins as the Senior Vice President of Communications and Community Affairs or Community Outreach um, for the Dolphins. And he's gone way, way, way too soon. Um, Three kids and his wife left behind, um, 47 years old. And I know that a Senior Vice President of Communications is not somebody most people know, it's not somebody who you ever have interaction with, but I did, I did have interaction with him. And unfortunately I only met him one time, like face to face, actually talking to him. And it was very brief, but he absolutely knew who I was. He absolutely talked to me about the finsider and he, 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 he was so smart and so personable that you just immediately gravitated to him. And, he was somebody who I emailed several times and he would go out of his way to make sure that I got the answer I needed. If he didn't have it, he'd link me up with Tom Garfinkel or whomever else in the organization to help me get the answer that I was looking for. So he he wasn't somebody who, and I've talked to lots of the other SB Nation team sites, and they struggle with that type of relationship with the team. And I think that along the years, the Dolphins saw, hey, this is a passionate group for fans. Why are we not reaching out to them? So it wasn't a FinSider thing. He reached out to all of the different Dolphin sites out there. But he absolutely made us feel like we were part of the team. He was a big part of us getting credentials for several years. COVID jacked all that up, but he was a big part of doing those type of things. And then anything the Dolphins did in the community, whether it was helping get backpacks for kids for school, whether it was, um, especially during COVID, all those feeding events that they did to keep food into the communities, that was all him. He would be there long hours, working all day, making sure that, everything got done right, that the dolphins were helping as much as they possibly could. And it wasn't just because that was what his job was. That was who he was. So I just wanted to just, as we're getting close to the end here, just take a minute to remember him and realize that the dolphins and the world lost a really good one and thoughts and prayers to his family who are dealing with a really, really sad situation.
3: Well said, Kevin, well said.
0: So, but, um, thank you all for listening. Thank you guys for joining in and, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll try to schedule this a little bit further out. Probably we'll get Tuesday next week and try to get us back on here doing the, uh, doing the dolphins talk. And hopefully we're coming off a win over the Patriots and we'll have high it's moving into week two hell yeah awesome. thanks everybody and everybody have a good night
1: all right fins up thank you guys fins up